Hello, my friend, and thank you for tuning in to 5-Minute Inspirations. My name is Larry Hunter, and I'm your host. And I have something on my heart today. And really, i got to say that it's never far from my heart, but I want to just kind of talk with you a little bit. And I want to talk with you about your dreams. About your dreams. About your dreams in life. Somebody said, I had a nightmare. No, I ain't talking about that kind of dream, okay? I want to talk to you about about your dreams. You know, I have talked to more and more people and they express a frustration which is to say I look at my life and I'm not where I want to be. You know, many people have shared I feel like I'm just going through the motions in life. I feel like my time is not really mine or what I do with my time is not really mine. It's basically, I have to do this. I have to go here. I have to do the other thing. And it's sad as as we think about it because if you're living a life of have to, have to, have to, then before you know it, I mean, you know, you're, you're on up in age and you're thinking, you look back over your life and you never ever really tapped into what you were to be about, what was you, but it was always, I'm doing this because I have to do this. I'm doing the other thing because I have to do that. I'm doing this because so-and-so said I have to do this. I'm doing this this way because that's the way that I have to do it. I don't know if you're feeling me yet, but it really strikes a chord within me. You know, I've had a number of conversations, even here lately, and we're, you know, we're not even talking about this subject, but it ends up coming up that what I'm doing uh, I'm doing because I have to do. Okay, well what would you rather be doing? And the sad truth is many people have been so caught up on the have to I don't want to say merry-go-round what's that thing them hamsters run on? Hamsters run on a little, they're just spinning, you know, you get the idea right? The hamster's just up there going town just wide open, wide open and he never gets anywhere uh, somebody help me out. Tell me what that's called. It ain't a merry-go-round because it's facing the, uh, up and down. Anyway, you got the idea. As I've talked to many people, that's where it kind of goes back to. They're on the half to. Is it a treadmill? Treadwheel? They're on. They're on the half to that. And they're. If you look back over the last month, it's filled with have tos. Look back over the last quarter. It's filled with have-tos. What were you doing last year this time? Your schedule was full of have-tos. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, look, okay, well, bro, Larry talking, okay, all the stuff that I got to do, I got to go to work, I got to pay the bills, I ain't doing none of it because I don't, I don't want to live on the have-to merry-go-round. All right, you're missing it. You're missing it. That's not what I'm saying. <clears throat> what I'm saying is that you would be surprised at the number of people who are very frustrated with what they do as a career, what their daily routine consists of, and the reason why they're frustrated is because it's full of a series of have-tos, and none of it touches the essence of who that person is, or the dream that God placed on the inside of the individual. Nothing touches that. And like I said, if you're passive, then you, you'll end up going through your entire life 
and you look back on your life and it's just filled with a series of have-tos. You never did something from the heart. And many times that's because we've never identified the dream that God did put on the inside of us. You know that old age-old question, I hate to sound like, you know, you heard it a million times, but what would you do if it didn't matter, you know, if all of your needs were met, everything was taken care of, money didn't matter, what would you choose to do with your life? In what direction would you point your life? Okay, somebody like, okay, man, look, I can't even think like that. Well, try, try, try. If everything was taken care of, you know, you got food, you got water, you, you're fulfilling your responsibilities and everything, what career path would you set out on? Or what would you choose to pursue as a hobby, as an interest? Yeah, I want to shake you up a little bit. You need to be thinking like this. Because if you don't, like I said, your whole life will go by and then you'll be full of regrets when you get older. You'll be full of regrets because of the things that you didn't do, because of the chances that you did not take, because of the things that would spark up in your heart that you intelligently chose not to pursue. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm purposely trying to get your attention because, you know, as we're going into the new year coming up, some of you is like, okay, well, all that stuff that I said I was going to do in 2018 ain't done none of it. What did you do in 2018? A bunch of have-tos. It's time to take a moment to reflect, to get before God and find out what is it that God put in my heart? What is it that would bring me fulfillment? Okay, I better keep it short. I just wanted to introduce the topic today. I want you to be thinking on that. And we're going to pick this up again in our next segment, okay? Don't live a life on the have-to treadmill. I hope it's called a treadmill. Man, it's amazing. I'm seeing it in my mind. A little rat running on this little circular thing. And I can't think of what that circular thing is called. But don't spend your life running on the have-to wheel. It's time to stop and allow God to show you what it is that will bring you true fulfillment. And we're talking along the lines of what's your purpose? What did God put within you? Okay? All right, God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Let me hear from you now. If you're looking forward to this, let me hear from you. I'm going to continue. We're going to do a little series. I'm not sure what I'll call it yet, but I really want you to consider what I'm saying. Don't live a have-to life. There's more excitement. There's more. There is more that God has in store for you than just a routine of fulfilling a bunch of have-tos week after week, month after month, year after year. Okay? God bless you. Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations. Peace. Hi, we're going to continue with part two of a series I began yesterday. And as I was expressing to you yesterday, my my heart is touched by the amount of people that I listen to. and And I've been there before as well where... You feel like you're a victim in your own life, that what you do from day to day is pretty much dictated to you outside of your own will, outside of your say-so. And we were calling that yesterday, we were calling it the have-to life, where you have to work at a job that you don't like because it's the only job that pays decent enough money in your area for you to be able to afford, you know, to pay the bills and stuff like that, or or you have to live in this town for whatever reason, just the have-to life. And my heart is really touched. I want to continue. Let's go ahead and get into some new stuff today as where I'm going to 
by the grace of God, help you to get out of that have-to life, okay? That's not where God wanted you to live. That's There are dreams, there are things in your heart, and God put them there, and he fully intends for you to experience the things that he's put into your heart. A lot of people, you know people, probably I'm talking about you, just frustrated with the way that their lives are playing out. But then again, not feeling like you really have any say-so in the matter. It's just like instead of you, you living your life, it's like your life is living you. Well, I have a question for you, though. What would you rather be doing? No, serious. Take a moment and describe for me some of the features of your best life. What's some of the features of the life that you'd rather be living? Now, this is a very difficult thing for most people to do. But I got to tell you this. An inability to identify what it is that you would rather have or that you would rather be experiencing is a pretty sure sign that you have become what I'm going to call stuck in the rut of routine. Stuck in the rut. I remember one time after, you know, I hadn't had my license too long, so I wasn't a very skilled driver, and I was driving the family car, you know, and it was it had snowed and everything, snow all on the side of the road, in the road, and I was on this road that had this this concrete ditch, you know, to catch the water runoff and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I bet I got too close to the side of the road so that the front tire slipped right into that ditch. That whole car stopped. I was stuck. That car wasn't going anywhere, right? <laughs> and I hated the feeling. That I still remember the feeling I had when I had to call my daddy and tell him what happened and he had to get the AAA out there and he was not a happy camper. Okay, (laughs) but the way that I felt when I was stuck and could not go anywhere. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that's the way that many of us are feeling right now about how our lives are playing out. And I really feel you on that, too. Okay. now I want to help you, though, to know that you're not stuck. You don't just have to continue to live life according to what's handed to you and and, well, they're pulling me this way. I got to do this. I got to do that. The have-to life. You can escape from the have-to life. And I want to help show you how, by the grace of God. So again, we can talk about things we don't like about the way our life is going all day long. But that's not going to get us anywhere. That's going to keep us in the rut. What's the solution then? How do I get out of the rut? <laughs> Somebody might say, I know what I need to do. I need to just quit my job, work in front of that old crazy boss, that crazy company, and just start all over again. Hey, guess what? No, that's not the answer. That's not where you start on the way of getting yourself out of the rut. This is where you need to begin. You must begin to carve out some space, a neutral space, where you can remove yourself from the the ever-persistent demands of your daily routine. So you need to find this neutral space. For for example, with me, <laughs> my neutral space used to be the bathroom. No, I didn't say the bathroom. I said the bathroom. <laughs> I go in the bathroom and everything was quiet, peaceful. That was my neutral space. Nothing was pulling on me when I'm in the bathroom. Okay? You need to find a neutral space. And I remember I worked on a job one time. And, boy, I hated the job. I just hated how things were going in my life. But at lunchtime... I'd go out and sit in my car in the parking lot. That was my neutral space. I remember in the wintertime, it'd be like 20 degrees below zero, it feel like anyway. I'd just go out in the car, put my coat, my gloves on, my hat in the car, cut the heat on every now and then, you know, and then cut the car back off. 
that was my neutral space. I needed it. And you need it too. If you want to get out of the rut, you're going to have to find a neutral space where nothing's pulling on you. It's just you and God and your mind is at peace. And so you have to find a neutral space both physically as well as mentally. Our minds are so wired that they're going all day long, every day, all day long, trying to figure out problems, solve problems, worrying about this, worrying about that. Hey, you got to find some neutral space in your mind, too, where you can hit neutral. And like I said, it's just you and God hanging out together. Nothing's pulling on you. And then you are able to hear the song that your heart is singing. You got me? See, at the start, you might only be able to find about 10 minutes in a whole day. 10 minutes! In that neutral space. Hey, take them. Take them 10 minutes. And try to find those 10 minutes every day. Got me? See, what's important is that you have to begin to take time out of the game. Football. Think about this. Two football teams playing. Four seconds to go in the game. And they're lined up. The clock is, you know, the clock is off. They're lined up on the, and, and one t- the team that's losing is losing by two. And they're at the 20-yard line. So they're going to kick a field goal. So they line up. This is going to be the last play of the game. And right when everybody gets lined up on the line of scrimmage, the quarterback calls a timeout. What? He calls a timeout. Why would he do that with only four seconds to go in the game? He realized the importance of taking time out of the game to reassess, refocus, and possibly revise the strategy. See, now he sees what the defense was going to do. So he needs to now stop and revise his strategy. So you got to do the same thing in life. We have to do the same thing in life. We're on the routine. We're doing the have-to life. It's just the same old, same old, week in, week out. We got dreams and stuff, but Lord Jesus, I think it's just going to be this way all the time. No! When you take this neutral zone or find this neutral space, what you're doing is you're reassessing. You're taking time out of the game to reassess, refocus, and possibly Revise your strategy about how you're doing life. I'm going to leave you with that today, okay? I want you to think about this. And if something's ministered to you, of course, let me hear from you, okay? It'll be a blessing to me. It'll be a blessing to everyone who listens to the podcast. We're talking about escaping from the have-to life. This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations. Peace. Hey, this is Larry Hunter coming at you again, 5-Minute Inspirations. I want to say thank you, first off, for taking the time to tune in again and listen to the program. We've been talking in a series. Uh, this is part three of our series. And we are, the last, I'm not going to go into review because I, I'm aware that you can go back and listen to the previous segments. But I want to pick up where we left off last time. We were talking about finding, making time where you can, I guess, call a timeout or get out of the game get out of all of the things that are pulling on you so that you can be able to listen to the song of your heart. I mean, I'm talking about a quiet place, a a place where it's just you and God and he's able to reaffirm things inside of you or, or perhaps help you to see and hear the real desires of your heart. Anyway, so I want to kind of emphasize that just a little bit today. I'm actually, (laughs) you hear the noise in the background, I'm at the airport. We're flying out to minister the Word of God in Mexico, and we're at, we have a little while before our connecting flight kicks in, so I figured I'd go for it. If I go a little bit over five minutes, just bear with me, okay, because I'm not sure exactly when I'll get the opportunity to put the next segment on to this series, and I really, really want to get this truth to you. 
So let's go back to that, that neutral space, that time out that you're going to call on a regular basis, even if it's just a few minutes a day, but where you're, uh, your mind is off of the distractions, nothing's pulling on you, you're quiet, and you're able to hear, again, like I said, the song of your heart. You're able to allow the Lord to minister to you in some areas so that you don't just live your life on the, the hamster wheel. Hmm? Okay, here we go. So that neutral space, it must be just that. It must be really a neutral space. This is where nothing nor anyone is imposing limitations on the possibilities that could exist for you. Think about this. As a Christian, as a child of God, the only parameters or boundaries that exist for you are those which the Word of God sets, right? Think about what that means. The will of God for you is revealed within His written Word. And as you spend time fellowshipping with God and feasting upon His Word, man, you're going to start dreaming. You're going to start dreaming. You are going to start seeing some possibilities. You begin to imagine new and exciting things for yourself. That's just what happens. You will develop an expectancy for much greater things than beforehand you would, you would have been able to do. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? See, this all happens in this neutral zone. Let's choose rather to call this place, let's call it the secret place. How about that? The secret place. <laughs> yes, even if you can only give 10 minutes a day to meeting God in the secret place, then you can, you will experience some exciting changes in your life. I want you to realize something with me. The Lord is willing to do for you or help you to experience whatever your time in his word causes your heart to desire. That's awesome to me. See, Jesus promised in John chapter 15, he said in John 15, verses 7 and 8, he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. Okay? So he said, look, if you abide in me and I'm in you, hey, what you want? What are the desires that are in your heart? What are the things that are coming up in your heart? Hey, you ask it. It'll be done for you by me or by my Father which is in heaven, okay? So whatever you desire, which agrees with God's good pleasure for you, check it out. He's willing for you to enjoy it. Can you begin to see the possibilities that are awaiting you? Huh? Think about that. Now contrast this that I'm talking about now, this joyous expectation. Contrast that with your outlook <laughs> from your hot pursuit on the hamster wheel. I mean, the most important thing every day, I got to get on that wheel, I got to get on that wheel, I got to get on that wheel. No time to just get in neutral. No, we got we to make that money. We got we to do this, we got to do that. See, we're being pulled upon and we're also being consumed by, by different things that are pulling our attention so that we never, we have, we have thought it not very important to take time out of the game. Call a time out, right? Okay, so which expectation would you prefer? Well, Unless you learn to regularly retreat to your secret place, then you're going to simply continue to expect and receive more of the same old, same old in life, right? See, our default, as, as humans, our default is to resolve to continue chasing something, something 
<laughs> on the routine wheel or the hamster wheel. We're chasing after something. We don't know what it is. But so the default is just to get up there and every day you're just wide open, wide open, wide open, and never taking time out to reflect, never taking time out to quiet down, to pull away from the distractions and see what's going on inside of you. What's going on inside of your heart? What has God put there? What is God wanting to do? Hmm? You know, a good example I'm thinking of, Okay, I better continue on in this vein right quick, okay? But don't let me forget. <laughs> it's doubtful that, that for you things will ever change for the better without you first dreaming of better things. Think about that with me. That's deep. If you don't take time out to dream of things getting better, it's pretty doubtful that things will get better in your life. See, Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, He said, look, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. Why then, might you ask, would anyone choose to daily give the whole of their attention to the wheel? <laughs> they ain't got no time to be calling no time out. No, we got to get on the wheel. We got to run. Why would somebody choose not to uh, take time out, reflect, get quiet, get before God? Well, we're going to talk about some of them things in some of the upcoming segments that we have, okay? There are some reasons why uh, many of us have chosen to, to stay on the wheel, okay, as opposed to taking time out and seeing what is God saying, what is our heart singing. Hmm? You know, I think about Moses real quick. I think about Moses. In Acts chapter 7, verse 23, remember Moses, he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. You know, and he was living in, he was living high on the hog, so to speak. He went to the best schools, had the best clothes, had the best, you know, people all around him and everything. But it, it says in Acts chapter 7, verse 23, I, I just imagine Moses sitting on a fence somewhere one day. He just kind of got apart from everything that he was responsible for, you know, all of his classes or whatever else he was doing, the things he was responsible for. He's just sitting on the fence. And it says in verse 23, and it came into Moses' heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Whoa. See, for 40, about 40 years or so, Moses was, had everything, you know, had a certain lifestyle, had a certain routine and all that kind of stuff, right? For 40, about 40 years or so. But guess what happened? It came into his heart one day when he got out of the game. He called a timeout. He's sitting on the fence. I don't know if they had fences back then. I imagine they did, right? And then God was able to get through to him. He got away from the distractions, the routine, the expectations that everybody had of him. And it says, and it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Now, you know the story. Look, you know what God did through Moses, through that coming into his heart. God delivered the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. But I wanted you to see how it happened. Moses pulled away. Moses got out of the game. Moses called a timeout. And God was able to minister to him. Or in other words, let me say it this way. Moses was able to hear the song that God had put in his heart. Okay, what's your song? How does your song go? You didn't know you had a song? Okay, do what I'm telling you. Make it a priority to set aside some time. You don't stop everything that you're doing. You keep your routine going, but... You squeeze out five minutes, ten minutes, something like that, a day where you're in the neutral zone, where you're in that secret place with God. And you will be, God will help you to be able to hear. There's a song that your heart has been singing 
God will cause you to hear that song. And when you hear that song, huh, it can change the whole course of your life. Hey, you'll get off of the, the, the wheel. I'm just going to call it the wheel. Okay. All right. I better close on now because we got to go make sure that, you know, everything's checked you know working out for us so we can make this connecting flight anyway y'all pray for me okay i'm going to be down in uh mexico city that's where we're going and we're going to be there for a week going to be doing some ministry and we're going to be making some contact with some some new relationships with with churches and pastors and stuff like that so i appreciate your prayers and let me hear from you if this is ministered to you okay we're going to pick it up next time God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, coming to you from the Houston International Airport. (laughs) Peace. Hello and welcome to 5-Minute Inspirations. This is Larry Hunter. I'm your host. And I want to say thank you for taking the time to tune into my program today. I believe you'll find something that will be a blessing to you. As some of you who have listened to me regularly know, we've just... We're back now. We have been in Mexico for the last week ministering the Word of God and... Uh, we got back, gosh, about 12.30 or so this morning. It's good to be back. Good to be back with you because I didn't have an opportunity while I was away to uh, do a podcast. Had beautiful ministry of the word and beautiful fellowship with other believers in Mexico. And incidentally, let me mention really quickly, if you are listening to me and you're a pastor or a church leader or just someone who loves God and you think that it would be a good idea for me to share uh, God's word in your church with your group of people, Hit me up. Let me know. I'm open to that. I don't care if you're in the United States or in another country. This is what I do. God has touched my heart with a passion to take his word and make it practical for the everyday life that we live here on the earth. So you have ways of getting up with me. My email address real quick is beinspired at larryhunter.org. Or you can, of course, leave me a, you know, call in and leave a little voice message as well. Several ways you can get up with me, okay? got a YouTube channel, 5-Minute Inspirations. You can go there and leave a comment. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out to you. Let's continue today. This is part four of a series that we began a little while back that we're calling, Are You Living the Have-To Life? And I asked the question on our last segment, The Secret Place, if it's so good to get into the secret place, if there's such good, so many good things that can come from that, For example, you finally get into a place where you're able to hear the song that God put in your heart. It's just you and God. Everything's quiet. You get into a place where you're able to pause and perhaps even have an original thought. Hmm. You know, most of the thoughts that we think during the day are thoughts that have been given to us to think. Thoughts that others are dictating to us. Very seldom do we have a thought of our own. But when you get into the secret place, when you call that time out, God is able to speak something directly to your heart. This is from coming up from the inside of you. It's not something that somebody's telling you to think through the media, through your boss, through whoever else is putting pressure on you. No. So taking five, ten minutes out a day is priceless. The things that God can do in that time. And you know this. So my question to you, why is it that even though we know this, Still, many of us choose not to make quiet time with God a priority. Well, I got a number of reasons that I'm going to discuss with you. I want to bring out the first one today, okay? The first one is one word, them. Have you ever said something about uh, what they say? Well, you know what they say. Well, uh, you know what they're going to think. 
All right, let me see. I got a question for you real quick. Who are they? Who are they anyway? They. And who gave them the right to dictate your day-to-day existence? See, they, and we've all talked about it. Well, you know what they say. They represents different things to different people. But one thing is constant. They are telling you that you absolutely cannot call a timeout from the wheel. You own the wheel and you're moving it. You're moving it regularly. They tell you it's crazy to take a timeout. You can't afford to take time off of the wheel. See, for some, they represents your financial situation. Maybe you're struggling. That's, that's past struggle. You really It's really tight for you when you're struggling. Maybe that's your situation. And that's the they in your life that will not permit you to dream of a better tomorrow or to just take a little bit of time daily quiet before God. For somebody else, the they is your employer. Always coming down hard on you, demanding so much from you that you can't half think. For others, the they can be an overbearing parent or even an overbearing spouse. Or for some people, it's the kids. God begins to try to speak to your heart about a better future or a different direction in life. And you know your kids are going to rebel. They ain't going to like that. So they are keeping you on the wheel without taking a time out. For some, it's your peers. You know, you're caught up in, well, if I, if I do this, if I begin to think about doing this, what are they going to think? Like I said, who are they? And even more importantly, I want to say this to you. Regardless of who they is, and I yes, I said is, regardless of who they is, the only power that they have to tell you that you can't dream of better things is the power that you have given to them. And I'm here to tell you it's time for you to take your power back. Are you with me? Remember David. Remember David in the situation with Goliath and everything in, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, I believe. David, he came up there and saw what was going on and David's brothers came against him hard. David had to clear his head from his brother's interference when he was trying to entertain this new possibility the possibility of going out there and defeating Goliath and freeing the children of Israel from Philip, Philistine, the Philistine threat. See, this whole dream that David allowed to have space in his mind turned out to be in line with what God was wanting to do. But you see, his brother's criticism was trying to block what God was wanting to do. I want you to be aware of something. There are a lot of dream thieves out there. That's right, dream thieves. And if they should catch wind that you're trying to do something different, you're trying to be positive about things, you're trying to get off the wheel a little bit and see, see life beyond the wheel, then they will in some cases violently attack you, whether it's mentally or whatever way, to get you to just chill out and keep time right there in your place on the wheel. So see, David, David had to stand up against they Well, he had to stand up against them. You understand what I mean, right? He had to stand up against them for his right to dream of a better situation. And you know what? You are going to have to do the same thing. You're going to have to stand up to the they's in your life that are not allowing you to take time out and get before God in the neutral zone, in the secret place to find out what all he wants you to be about. You're going to have to do that. You're going to have to stand up against them. So as far as they are concerned, 
I want to encourage you to find out who the they's are in your life. The days that you have been cowering down to. And once you can spot them, forget them. <laughs> forget them. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through 8 says this. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope, and that means expectation, whose hope is the Lord. He ain't expecting the same old, same old, same old. He's getting before God and God is building hope, expectations in him that are in line with what God's wanting to do. For who says and it comes to pass if the Lord didn't command it? Huh? That's Lamentations 3, verses 30, verse 33. Okay, verse 8, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 17, 8. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. That's what God's talking about. He's saying, look, if you, if you trust in man, if you trust in what they say, what they think, what they will let you do, you're cursed. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and who builds his hope or his expectation from his time alone with God. Mm, mm, mm. Boy, I tell you what, I'm going to stop here. We're going to pick it back up. But yes, I pray this is a blessing to you. Don't let them stop you from taking time out to hear what God's saying to you, to hear the song of your heart. Larry Hunter, Five Minute Inspirations. Remember, let me hear from you, okay? We all get blessed when, when this is a blessing to you. Pass it on, and we all enjoy the blessing, okay? See you later next time. I'm going to get me some sleep. Larry Hunter, over and out. Well, welcome to 5-Minute Inspirations. I'm Larry Hunter, your host, and I want to thank you for being on board with me again. This is part five of a series that we began uh, a little while back. We're calling it, Are You Living the Have-To Life? And we began in our last segment answering the question, well, if there are so much, so many advantages to entering into the secret place with, with God, to the secret place with God, then why is it that so many of us, even still, we choose to choose not to make time to get into that secret place? And we talked about the first reason uh, on the previous segment. So if you had not had an opportunity to go over there and listen to that. And we're going to continue talking about a few more reasons that I have for you. But I had a little side note. I was thinking about that secret place. Thank you, Lord. And that's just something else that I just felt in my heart that I wanted to share about that secret place. So we're going to talk about that today. And then we're going to get back to answering what are a few more reasons why we still resist finding time to get, get into that secret place with God. Okay, talking about the secret place, have you ever said this or felt this way or, well, certainly you've heard someone else uh, talking like this, but have you ever done this? Well, God just don't talk to me as much like he talks to you, you know? Have you compared yourself with someone else that seems like, man, God always talking to them, and you think within yourself or you might maybe you have even voiced it, God just doesn't talk to me like he talks to you. Hmm? Or let me see, perhaps you said, 
<laughs> has anyone ever come up to you and say, hey, hey, bro, hey, bro, uh, can you get a prayer through for me? I want you to pray to the Lord for me because, man, it's obvious that you got a hotline with the master. It's obvious that you got a direct line connection with the man upstairs. Have you heard someone, someone, had someone say that to you? Or perhaps have you felt that way or said that to another? Look, this situation is happening. Can you pray for me? I know God will hear you. Hmm. Another thing. <laughs> I used to ask this question all the time. I'd be like, I don't understand something about God. Give me a high five if you agree with what I'm saying here. Why is it that he always waits until the wee hours of the morning before he speaks to me? I'm like, 2.30 a.m., 3 o'clock, 3.30 a.m. It's winter time. It's cold outside. It's cold outside in them covers. You're up under the covers. You got your quilt on top of all them covers. You're nice in there and snug and everything. And all of a sudden, God want to talk. I mean, I used to get put out about that. And I used to begin to think, is God testing me? I know what it is. He wants to know if I really, really love him more than anything else. So he's going to wait till, you know, freezing cold night. And I'm up under the covers and it's nice and warm and I'm snug and I'm in that deep REM sleep. He's going to wait till then to talk to me. He's going to find out if I put my money where my mouth is. Am I willing to come up out them covers and go get something to write on and record what he's saying to me? Or will I just stay in bed? I used to think like that. Do you think like that? Did you used to think like that? And then on top of all of that, I come across that old scripture passage in Psalm chapter 121 verses 1 through 4. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Check out verses 3 and 4. He will, not, he will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. <laughs> Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. Oh, Lord, I come across that scripture. I was like, okay, Lord, look at here. With all due respect, sir, that's cool that you don't get tired nor have to take even a power nap. But, Lord, I got to get up and go to work each day. Have mercy on me, please, Lord. Have mercy. <laughs> See, I had it all twisted. Let me break it down to you as he did for me. See, the Lord is always ready to get with you. Always. In fact, quite often he's talking and trying to drop some wisdom on to you when you are totally unaware. Have you ever gone to the gym before to do a workout, right? You go to the gym... You didn't even feel like going, but you made yourself get out there. I mean, you really had to pump yourself up just to get there that day. Finally, you get there, you get your music all lined up in your playlist and stuff, and, and you, you step up onto the treadmill, and you pop your music on, and then you realize you can't really hear your jams. You can't really hear it at all. I mean, you double-check to see if it's playing, yeah. You check to see if your volume is turned up enough. Hey, man, the volume is maxed out. Well, what's up? The thing that's happening, there is so much other static noise in the gym. You know that little generic music that they had playing for people that didn't bring something to listen to? <laughs> you got that playing, plus you got the noise from all of the machines, the other treadmills and all the other machines, and whatever other activities going on. You got all that going on, and they just have a way of kind of drowning out your music because it's not loud enough to compete, right? Well, guess what? God... He ain't even going to try to compete with all of the other noise that you got going on in your life. 
See, he even said in his word, he often speaks in a still, small voice. See, the issue is that most of the time, unless you purposefully make time to enter into the secret place with him, you won't hear neither him nor the song that he's chosen to place in your heart. So, where I had it twisted, I thought, Lord, why you be messing with me? Why you? Why can't you tell me these deep spiritual truths in the daytime when I'm awake and everything? I got everything going on? Well, he showed me that many times he wants to get something through to me so bad that the only time that I will be able to hear it is when I'm in that deep sleep at night. Huh? I ain't doing nothing else. I'm just chilling. I'm sleeping. And finally, his voice, which he has been speaking all the while, I'm able to detect. I'm able to hear. <laughs> okay, do you see how we can get things mixed up sometimes? So don't let that be you. Take a clue from me. I've been there, done that. More than once. Got the t-shirt. Don't be talking about how God don't speak to you. He's speaking. Are you in a position where you can hear? That's the question to ask yourself. Huh? Okay, going to leave you with that today. That's just a little side note. We're going to get back to uh, the series on our next segment, answering the question, why is it that if the secret place is so sweet, and that's where we hear the song of our heart, that's where God's able to minister to us, why do we still blow it off and prefer to be wide open on the hamster wheel, <laughs> on the routine wheel. Huh? All right. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Looking forward to being with you the next time. This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations. Peace. Whoa, we are entering into part six, y'all. Part six of a series that we're calling, Are You Living the Have-To Life? We've covered a lot of ground up to now, so if you have not... I uh, heard some of the previous segments, by all means do so. We were talking about the secret place, the secret place with God, where you get refueled, where you get reoriented. So many good things happen in that secret place. And I asked the question a couple of segments ago, why is it that even though there are so many advantages to if we decide to get off of the treadmill, the routine wheel, the hamster wheel, we've been calling it all kind of things, and take time out with God. If there's so many advantages to taking time out with God, why is it that some of us, we continue continually choose not to do so and we talked the other day about them you remember about them that's all i'll say you listen to the segment you'll find out what they have to do with us taking time out now today i want to talk about a second thing fear of the loss of momentum fear of the loss of momentum we feel like we just can't keep it all together if we take time out from all that we have going on right now and the reason that you have had such thoughts arise at the idea of you calling a timeout from the from the wheel of routine. <laughs> it, the reason why you feel like you know you can't take time out is that you're not yet convinced that it is worth it, or that such a time spent in the secret place with God would be worth it to you. You know, in Brazil we would say, "No vale a pena, no vale a pena." Hmm? See, you really are afraid that if you take a moment aside from all that you have to do in the course of a day, it'll put you so far behind that you might not ever get caught back up. <laughs> I remember one time I was at the gym running on a treadmill. I'm running and I'm trying to set, beat my own personal best record and everything. And all of a sudden, I felt a little rock in my shoe. 
I'm like, what in the world is going on here? Now, I've made great time up to now, but it's getting harder and harder on me. You know what I did? Finally, I paused the treadmill long enough to get that little rock out of my shoe. It was actually in my sock. And then I took off again. You know what? Things were so much better. Let me tell you about it, huh? <laughs> oh, let me tell you this story here. This will drive the point home a little better. Whenever my wife and I go on a road trip, you know, we're going to travel somewhere in the car, some other city for for whatever, we we normally share the driving. So we're like, okay, well, who wants to drive first? So sometimes I'll be the one to drive first, unless we are embarking upon a very long trip, like we used to drive back and forth from from Raleigh, North Carolina to Dallas, Texas. If we're going on a long trip or if we're going somewhere that we have to be in a certain city on that same day by a certain time, like for example, when I'm going to preach out of town and we leave on the very day that I'm going to be speaking, that's when my wife volunteers to drive first. <laughs> you know why? Because when I drive, I basically do the speed limit and I'm just kind of chilling. Everything's... Everything is all right with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not a very aggressive driver. I'm not one of the ones you get mad at because it's just going too slow. Like, dog, what are they on the highway for? No, but I be trying to observe the laws of the land, the speed limit and all that kind of stuff. So in situations where we got to get somewhere by a certain time, my wife usually wants to drive first. I remember this one particular occasion. I had a preaching engagement that's going to start at like seven, seven o'clock in, in the evening in this town that was about three hours away three or so hours away and it was a weekday my wife had worked outside of the house all day so you know she worked and then we left after that so she was beat so she said uh you know i don't mind if you drive first <laughs> okay so we left mid-afternoon and uh, cool i mean in a few minutes she was asleep over in shotgun i thought to myself huh I'm going to really impress her and I'm going to bolster her confidence in my ability to get us to places on time. See, because she sees me as a slow driver, you know, basically. Okay, so I'm whizzing down the road. I even started doing about five minutes over, I mean, five miles per hour over the speed limit. I'm like, oh, whoa, we get, we zooming now. And see, see, so I'm making good time. She's sleeping. Oh, she's going to feel so good when she wakes up and see how far I've gotten us, you know. After a while, I approached a certain exit, and I began to feel like, maybe I'm supposed to take that exit. Maybe, hmm, is this my exit? Well, I don't know. And I sure don't feel like, I don't feel like it'd be cool to wake her up just to ask her if, if I should take the exit. So I kept straight. I kept straight. <laughs> and every so often, though, I would get this feeling that I was supposed to have taken that exit. Or taken, at least taken an exit by now. But I don't want to wake her up. You know, because she's tired. She don't work all day long. And and the more miles that I can cover while she sleep, the more impressed she's going to be when she wakes up and see, she sees how far I've gotten us. <laughs> okay, now look at here. When she finally woke up, first thing she said, where are we? <laughs> we zooming down the road. I'm like wide open. Hey, baby, we done covered a little over 100 miles since you fell asleep. You know, I had my chest all stuck out and everything. She said, what highway we on? This ain't the road we supposed to be traveling on. <laughs> you know what? At that point, 
Did it matter how great a time I was making? Did it matter how fast I was getting out? I was laying them down. Did it, did it really matter right then? No. We's on the wrong road. <laughs> you feel me? Now the sad truth is this. This is the way that many of us are living our lives from day to day. As you are busy in the daily grind, or uh, as you are making your rounds on the daily routine wheel, you get the feeling every now and again, you know, I really could do better. Or, things could be better for us than this. But you're overcome with the thought that if you stopped what you are doing for even just a moment, you'd fall so far behind that you probably would never catch up. Well, I want to leave you with a question. The same question that I asked about my situation where I'm driving wide open but I'm on the wrong road. What does it matter how good a time you're making if you're on the wrong road? And the only way you can learn about the right road for you is by taking time out, spending time in the secret place with God. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6, I'll leave you with this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations. Looking forward to hearing from you. Looking forward to being with you again. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Hello and welcome to 5-Minute Inspirations. My name is Larry Hunter and I'm your host. And we're going to continue today. Actually, we're going to conclude our series talking about leaving the have-to life. And if you hadn't had a chance to hear some of the previous segments, I encourage you to do so. I don't want to take the time to review now because... You know, that'll just make it go longer and longer. And I want to say off the bat, I'm not going to try to hold it to five minutes today. I got some stuff I want to share with you. I want to get into this series. So we're going to go a little bit over five minutes. So hang in there with me, okay? <laughs> anyway, while we were talking about the uh, leaving the have-to life, I will say this. It's talking about the routine that we can get caught up in in life. And we end up not wanting to deviate from just the regular, ordinary, same old, same old things that we're doing in life, not even wanting to deviate to the point of getting off of what we began calling the hamster wheel. And we don't call it a whole lot of things since then. I think I'm just going to stick with the wheel today. When I talk about the wheel, I'm talking about that hamster wheel. We're on it. We're just, you know, running every day, wide open, running, 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 just routine things, just ho-hum, so-so. And... All the while, God is calling us to step off of the hamster wheel every now and again, and particularly to get in His presence, to find that secret place with Him, and allow Him to, to address issues in our life, to give us direction, to let us know what's on His heart, what He wants us to be about, what He wants to do through us. So, we talked about the fact that if you do find that secret place, if you do make it a priority, and you take that time with God, we talked about so many advantages that come from that. But then we ask the question, how is it that if it's so good to make time for God, to get into that secret place with Him, why do many of us still choose not to get off of the hamster wheel, the routine wheel, in order to get into God's presence? Fear. Fear is the culprit. Fear is the reason why we don't do that 
even though it would be so much more beneficial to us. So last time, we talked about the first fear, fear of the loss of momentum. And I'm not going to go into it. You can check it out later on. But I want to cover three more briefly, three other fears. And I want to see if you can identify yourself. Can you locate yourself in what I'm talking about today? And I'm excited to tell you that later on, after I finish this particular segment, I'm going to put them all together, one behind the other, so that if you want to listen to the whole series, again, the series is called Living the Have-To Life, you can just put it on from the first one, and it'll go all the way through. I think we've done, this will be segment number seven, I believe. You'll be able to go through all of them in succession and get the whole message. Okay? So, the one I want to talk about today, the first one, is this. Fear of something new or different. This is something that has stopped us from wanting to take time out from the regular routine of things, get into God's presence, and be open to what God shares with us with regard to perhaps doing something a little bit different than what we've done. Fear of something new or different. Now let's face it. It's easy to go through life on on autopilot <laughs> or on cruise control. I remember when cruise control first came out, boy, that was the coolest thing. You go down, you go up a hill, you know, the, the afterburners on your car kick in and, and, and you never lose speed. But then when you're going downhill, it seems like the car puts on the brakes or something, you can't go faster than you would want to go. But anyway, cruise control just keeps you at the same pace regularly. Some of us, I mean, we got to admit, it's easy to just go through your life, cruise control, automatic pilot, same old, same old, week in, week out. Don't even have to really think about it. Your life is going by and you just kind of, ain't nobody making no waves. You're just kind of cruising. Well, let me say this. Some of us would rather choose to preserve the mundane monotony of life on the, on the wheel. You know, the daily grind, we call it. Some of us would rather preserve that type of lifestyle rather than to take a chance at experiencing something new and exciting, but that you might not be able to be fully in control of. <laughs> you know, when it really comes down to it, let's say I see a particular job offer that promises something much better than what I have had for the, t the past 12 years. And I think, you know, I guess it's true that I'd rather stay in this job that I complain about every week than to uh, apply for that new position that just opened up. Yeah, I know it's a more exciting position. I mean, I've heard that they're a real good company to work for. Also, they tell me that the medical benefits and the salary range is, man, out of this world. But truth be told, I must confess that I'm afraid of experiencing something different. Hey, at least in my current setup, I kind of know what I can expect. And I can pretty much control things around here. Is that you? I want you to try to locate yourself as I'm going through these different fears that hold us into the daily monotonous routine of things when God's wanting to call us out into greater things. So is that you? So you got to bust through the fear of trying something new. This first thing we're talking about, the fear of trying something new, you got to be able to, you got to bust right through that fear. Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19. Isaiah 43 verses 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? 
I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. See, God wants you to be thinking beyond the wheel, beyond the wheel. The plans that he has for you are greater than the life that you've experienced up to now. Are you with me? So that's fear of something new. We got to bust through it, okay? The next fear, fear of failure. Got a question for you. Have you ever failed at anything before? <laughs> Don't laugh too hard, okay? Have you ever failed at anything before? Well, guess what? It didn't destroy you. You're still here. See, failure and success are a natural part of your development in life. See, cons consider a baby. Consider a baby that's he ready to start walking, right? Well, what if he wouldn't even attempt such a daunting feat for fear of falling? <laughs> you think like this. I know you would. Hey, somebody need to talk to that child. Somebody need to give that child a clue. He's got to start walking if he's ever going to walk. Hmm? That, that's how you would think, right? That's how I would think. Somebody got to talk to that child because if you, if you ain't willing to get up and get going at it because you might fall, you ain't ever going to be able to walk. Okay, now, <laughs> that's the very reason that God has sent me to talk to you. If you're resisting life beyond the wheel because you're afraid that you might not get everything all right on your first attempt, then you're reasoning just like that child. You hear me? Recall in Exodus chapter 3 how God got upset with Moses. Why? It's because Moses was trying to, to or, or God was trying to get Moses to step off of the wheel and into a bigger plan that he had for Moses' life. See, Moses was basically like, well, Lord, uh, what if I don't get it right the first time? What if I go to say, talk to Pharaoh and he don't believe me? What if I can't, he can't understand me because you know I stutter, Lord, you know I stutter. Okay, see, look, what's going on? Moses is right up against a fear, a fear of failure. He didn't do it right the first time. And guess what? You and I probably won't either. But it's only when you're willing to step out that you will be able to get it right. And that leads me to my next point. Have you ever thought about this? Failure is often the first and most necessary step that you will make on your road to success. You got to realize this very important truth. The greatest insights and wisdom that we gain often come from our failures. Hey, think about the Wright brothers. See, because of their ability to overcome a fear of failure, we got this flying thing down nowadays, right? See, they and others who came after them gain necessary insights and wisdom as a result of the many failures that they encountered along the way. You feel me? See, they refused the contentment of keeping pace on the wheel in order to avoid the possible failure which could result from stepping out into something new. And you got to do the same thing. As I said earlier, you got to bust through these fears. You got to bust through the fear. So the first fear we talked about, fear of something new. Then we talked about the fear of failure. Now let's talk about another fear. Fear of the unknown. Have you located yourself yet? No? Okay, keep listening. Fear of the unknown. Hey, check this out. God has both gone before you and also committed himself to walking with you. 
The first time that we went to visit our son up at Howard, he went to Howard University. First time we went up to visit him, he wanted us to show us several places around town. You know, we was hyping everything. It was cold, too. But every place that we were going to go to, we had to take the metro, the subway, to get there. Mom, Dad, hurry over here. We got to catch this one now. Okay, here we go. And, and a little while later, okay, now we got to wait right here for the next uh, bu uh, train to come through. All right, all right. Okay, now we, we got to get off here and we got to walk seven blocks and then turn right and we're going to catch another metro. On and on we went. <laughs> all of this territory is completely new to me and my wife. But you want to know something? I did not have a care at all. Why? Because though this was my first time hustling through the streets of D.C. like this, it wasn't that way for my son. Our son had done this a bunch of times before. Hey, God is familiar with the route that he's desiring to lead you on. So you can rest in the fact that, hey, he's been there, done that. And he ain't going to get you out there and abandon you. The Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6, Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6, Let your conduct be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what, man, what can man do to me. Hmm? So see, fear of the unknown don't worry about it. If God, if you are a born again believer, if Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, guess what? The spirit of God lives on the inside of you. And God has made a commitment to you that he will never leave you nor forsake you. I don't care how forsaken you feel. I don't care how bad you, how alone you, you, it's, it, you seem convinced that you are. God don't be going back on his word. What does Jeremiah 1.12 says? I will hasten my word to perform it. I will watch over what I promised to make it good in your life. So see, he has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So as he's trying to get you off of the routine wheel into that secret place so that he can realign you with his plans and purposes for your, for your life, let him do it. Bust through your fears. Bust through the fear of the unknown. Bust through the fear of failure. Bust through the fear of something new or different. And bust through a fear of losing momentum. Huh? Let God do his thing through you. Let God be glorified through you. Okay? Alright, so on that note, here we are completing our series, Leaving the Have-To Life. How about you? I'm ready to get up off of that wheel and see what God has for me. And I believe you feel the same way, right? Okay, I'm going to close here. God bless you. Thank you for, for listening, for being a part. Many of you have shared comments with me. I really appreciate that so much. And I wish you the best. And also, it's around Christmas time, so I'm going to go ahead and throw out a Feliz Navidad to you. Feliz Navidad. Merry Christmas to you. God bless you. We will see you next time. Larry Hunter, 5 Minute Inspirations. Peace.